Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And again, sitting with me, a socially distant uh, way away. I don't know. I blocked all things. Our own uh, pastor, blogger, educator, the one, the only Ray Jewell. Ray, hey, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. Um, you know, our, our topic for today is actually in the news. Oh, yeah. As we speak. Um, the whole idea that Jesus is a social warrior. Yeah, so we're, we're going through the book, Unquestioned Answers, <laughs> and I want the record to reflect that I got that right two weeks in a row. It's amazing. Unquestioned Answers, not unanswered questions, but unquestioned answers by Jeff Myers. And this week we're in, I believe it's chapter seven, Jesus was a social justice warrior. Or if you're on Twitter or Facebook, it's a SJW. And there is a lot... Man, talk about ripping things from the headlines. Yeah. Um, you have a great divide between people who would say, yes, we need to take up the banner of social justice and fight for uh, the poverty-stricken, fight for the oppressed... And you've got the others who are saying um, social justice, that, that's evil. That's Marxism. Mm -hmm. That's, um, uh, you hear your pastor say that, you need to get up and leave your church right away. Or fire him. Or fire him, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember years ago, years and years, probably a decade ago now, when Glenn Beck had mm -hmm. his show on Fox News, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he said, if your church mentions the phrase social justice, you need to leave that church. And that's before it was become uh, what is known for today. But he was saying it back 10 years ago. Right. Of course, he's a Mormon. But <laughs> Well, that's true. Uh, and a little more conservative than uh, maybe most people. So, um, so, Ray, what do you think of when you, hear, when you hear that phrase social justice warrior? What comes to your mind? Well, I mean, I know it's got a lot of negative connotation to it. It's uh, the 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 throwing the word warrior in there. Yeah, it's just, a pejorative term. Yeah, it just uh, makes it look like Jesus is ready to come in with guns blazing. Yeah, to change things. And yeah, you know, we see Jesus come in with. Uh, a whip and do some uh, turning over of tables and stuff, but uh, the, he never killed anybody. Right. You know, I think that's right there. That whole idea of a warrior, a warrior, is somebody who's ready to do battle. Yeah. Um, and I think that is that is the key concept: is battle. It's not just um, someone who believes in these things and willing to fight and stand up. Right, and then how far do you go with that fight? I mean, yeah. that's uh, you know, and well, and we're watching that right now. Yeah, the that whole situation in Minneapolis was with the killing of, of George Floyd. Right, um, which I think everyone agrees it was a murder. Mm -hmm. It was a horrible situation. Yeah, uh, this officer should never have done this. It was terrible, uh, and and most likely, in my opinion, an act of blatant racism um, right yeah I mean 
I don't see. I, I, I mean, I'll make this statement, and somebody will contact us and say, "Well, I know about this case." Yeah. You know, for the most part, white people are not treated that way. Right. In our country, um, they, uh, in this case, the the man. Basically, from what I could gather, was pleading because he couldn't breathe. Yeah. And here's an officer, I can't even call him that really, he was not doing it the right way, but he had put his, what, he was basically choking him, right? Yeah, put his neck, put his uh, knee on his neck. Knee on his neck. Um, Just utter disregard for human life. You have other people, bystanders, even a paramedic, saying, "Hey, you know, you gotta let go." Of this. And the guy's already in handcuffs on the ground. Mm. There's no need for that excessive force, and what turned out to be lethal force, mm-hmm. uh, over a forged check. Um, oh. And I know some people would, would jump and say, "Well, listen, we we don't know this is, if this is racist or not. We don't know the intent of the officer." And I get that, but. You combine this with the many other instances where unarmed African-American men have been killed by police using excessive force. And there is a pattern. And I, you know, this doesn't happen to me. This doesn't happen to you. Uh, I've never been pulled over because of the color of my skin. And it's scary because I do, you know, I'm raising four African-American boys. Mm -hmm. And I know that they are not going to be treated like I am. Mm-hmm. In, in in some instances, right. My uh, my niece married a man from Africa, a black man from Africa, and she has a daughter who has dealt with that even early on in life. But mm-hmm. at the age of five, yeah, she was having issues with uh, classmates. Now the teacher dealt with it, but. You know, this is inbred in oh, right. a lot of people, um, uh, and, and it's deep-seated, and you know, it's, uh, it's been around for a really long time. Yeah, and so now you have, you know, how far do we take this? It was the question before, uh, is it really like a worst? Well, right now we have several cities on fire, mm-hmm. uh, Minneapolis, Atlanta, um, I know Portland, Oregon, I think Sacramento, LA, yeah. uh, even Milwaukee here in Wisconsin. Um, and, and we have another situation in Louisville, Kentucky with another young African-American woman who was killed. And the stories pile up, whether mm-hmm. it's, uh, and, and we can, we can go on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a sad situation. It reflects the depravity that is in this world. Mm-hmm. We are a lost world, and this is what happens um, when we get away from God. But, um, and if we're, if we're not careful, I think this could easily consume everything that we do. Um, and it becomes part of, yes, fighting for social justice. Mm-hmm. And what I think is the... And I want to be careful <coughs> how I use my words here. Um, because we should, as Christians, we should fight for justice. Mm-hmm. That's a biblical concept. It's something that Jesus did. But I think the problem is, and I think what Jeff Myers gets to, is that it's only half the story. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, 
the whole idea of justice is, first of all, realizing that humans on their own will not get it right. Yeah. Um, it's when people who are of faith, who look to God's word to do it the right way. I mean, people have used God's word in the wrong way. You know, I mean, slavery was, well, supposedly okay biblically. And, uh, well, and I wouldn't even take issue with that because biblical slavery, slavery in biblical times is not exactly the same thing as we think of right. 1800 Civil War slavery. Right. And even then, in Scripture, um, God denounces those who mistreat their slaves. You have commandments of, of God to treat slaves, or I think servants would be a better word, but treat them justly, mm -hmm. give them a just wage, and treat them well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think what's happened, in our churches anyway, and why we have such a divide, I mean, it, it, it goes back to, we talked about it some last week too, I think, with the rise of what's known as classical liberalism, um, they became the champions of justice, of social justice, yeah. and the the conservatives, uh, evangelicals, fundamentalists, whatever term you want to use, were those who would be more, you know, they became more of the personal soul saving yeah and somehow ripping right <laughs> the two apart from each other which <laughs> how can you read the bible and read it completely and not see both things right part it's, of what's it's going not on? either or it's both and right and i and i agree that's what i, I remember growing up in my church and we'd always say the problem with the welfare system today is that uh government shouldn't be doing it because the government's just uh enabling people to be lazy. Mm. It should be the church's job to step in. Okay. okay. But then the next step is, the next question that nobody answers, okay, so what is our church doing about it? Exactly. You know, so, I mean, if that's the case, then where where are you been? Why aren't you addressing these and issues? And then the answer is, of course, well, because these people are lazy. They're not, they're, they're, they're these homeless people, they're just a bunch of drug addicts who don't want to work. Yeah. I, it's just not true. Right. I mean, that's that's the the common misperception. I mean, it's tough when you don't, you know, when all you've ever known is fourth, fifth generation welfare. Yeah. I mean, if you've not had the opportunity to be trained, you can't afford to go to even like Blackhawk Tech. You know, so how are you going to learn? Yeah. And the, you, know, you you need to have the opportunity to learn. It's a big myth. Of American culture is that everyone starts at the same level. Everyone oh. starts at the same starting point. Yeah, how ridiculous is that? You know, uh, Donald Trump Jr. did not start the same starting point as uh, Kevin Thompson did, or um, somebody living in the fourth ward of Janesville. Right. Yep. It's uh, it's just not wanting to admit yeah pref you know not just preferences but uh, 
upbringing, differences. You know, there's uh, a there's a there's a video online, a YouTube. Um, that's I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, where everyone they have all these kids in a in a playground. Have you right. Seen yeah. And they're all starting off the same line. So we're gonna have a race, but now I want you to take two steps back if you don't have a dad. Or take a step forward if both your parents are working, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to show that in this race, not everybody is going to have that same beginning. Uh, and I, I, you know, now it's great that there are some people who had many obstacles that they've been able to overcome in life mm-hmm. and to get to a successful point. But not everyone has that option, and not everyone is able to do that. All right. Uh, so I think it, it it's easy to just think that's where. It, the key is it's easy. It's a throwaway line. All homeless people are lazy. They're drug addicts. They're whatever. And that helps me sleep at night mm. because I can't sleep at night knowing innocent people could be hurting mm-hmm. and suffering in this way. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me just to, to write them off mm. as horrible people that deserve what they get. Yeah. It makes and, me more and, comfortable. And it's not just necessarily f- uh, targeted at homeless people either. I mean, right. A lot of ethnic, ethnical, eth- yeah. ethnicity issues right. come into that that play. I mean, you know, the, the violence against black men uh, by the uh, law enforcement is an issue. Yeah, one of the one of the good things that I see has come out of it. Both the Janesville uh, uh, chief of police and the Beloit chief of police have right. come out with statements. Um, basically reiterating their policy in their department. I know that uh, Dave Moore, uh, the chief in Janesville, has been strongly uh, instituting some of these social justice type things within the department and getting citizens involved to develop the African American Liaison Advisory Committee for the Janesville Police Department, which I've honored to, to serve on. And you know, I think a huge part of this is we come at these issues with preconceived notions instead of taking the time <coughs> necessary yeah. to uh, get to know people, to sit down right. at a meal together, to have coffee together, just to talk across the fence together or whatever, <coughs> to spend the time, you know, and, and not... They don't do it in the heat of the moment <laughs> when it's yeah. when the when racial tension is at the boiling point. It's something that it takes time. Again, it's getting rid of away from this <coughs> simplicity yeah. that uh, Myers talks about. Uh, yeah, it's easy to just go on and do my thing and uh, uh, live my life and not be take the time to associate with them over there. Yeah. It's that us-them mentality. And, I mean, frankly, we're all in this. And this is where, this is where I differ from Mr. Myers. Yeah. Because he kind of writes kind of some of these things off, I think, in the book. I, I think that's unfair. Um, I, I think two scriptures that come to mind. First, in, in Matthew 25, um, the final judgment. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then 
The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Calvinism. For I was sorry, uh, for I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And, he, when, he, and when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will truly answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the, one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Arminianism. Um, Arminianism. Yeah. <laughs> so, they chose to do the right thing. <laughs> because it's the... Wait, so anyway, uh, but, but either way, at the final judgment, yeah. this issue of social justice comes in. Did oh, you feed the poor? Uh, big clothe the hungry. Yeah. Uh, hung, yeah, feed the hungry, clothe the poor, and, and, and visit the stranger, and visit the, the person in, in prison. Not did you dismiss them, not did you tell them to get a job. Uh, and then I think of... Uh, when John the Baptist was in prison, uh, he's going to be beheaded. He sends a, 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 a messenger to Jesus. Jesus, are you the one or is there someone else that we need to wait for? And what did Jesus say? Well, what, what, what did I do? Yeah, he <laughs> basically. said basically the, clo- the, the hungry are, are being fed and the uh, blind are being... And all these, these different things, but dealing yeah. with, with the poor. Mm-hmm. And then in, in, in probably the most famous passage in, in James chapter 2, um, mm-hmm. the whole issue of faith and works. And James says, well, I'll show you my faith by my works. And he said, some of you, the problem is, you are in your churches, you're preferring the rich, and you're right. you're looking at the poor, and you're saying, well, yeah. go on your way. Be poor and be You can sit at my feet if you're poor, but hey, you're the rich guy. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you my seat. Right. And so Jesus cares about these things. Right. We just can't ignore them, but that's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. I do like what he says here, um, what Meyer says, and I lost my quote here. Um, From God's perspective, justice doesn't primarily have to do with the compassion you show others or the anger you feel when you're being mistreated. Biblical justice is based on God's nature. When injustice occurs, the balance must be restored. Justice is a mental concept, but it is very real. I think, in other words, he's saying these. We need to act. Uh, somebody once said, I think it was Bertrand Russell, a uh, famed atheist from a couple generations ago, who said, uh, I don't care about Christians, but I do care about Christian love, or something like that. And he was saying, I wish more people would act like Christians. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, we act like Christians because of our relationship with Christ. Yeah. Why do we care about the hungry? Why do we care about the poor? Why do we care about the naked or the stranger, the immigrant? Or why do we care about these people? Because it's found in the nature of God to do so. So our, our outreach is an extension of our love for God. Right. And so our, our concept of justice just doesn't come from uh, a social contract or being good to your fellow man. It comes out of the love God has for his image bearers created by him. Mm-hmm. And so I act according to, to, to these standards because this is who God is. Well, Jesus summed up the law by saying this, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And the whole whole story of the Good Samaritan is all about who is my neighbor. Well, 
anybody that's in need that's right. around you and um, you know, so it's it's not he wasn't referring to the Jews he made that abundantly clear by using a Samaritan to right. be the hero of the story and you know I mean this this guy went the extra mile with the the, the wounded man yeah uh, not only did he stop and help him right immediately but took him to a place and gave right. money towards his care and you know if there's anything else when I come back I'll take care of that yeah. too um, must have been a, a relatively well-off right. dude uh, but uh, you know and I'm not saying we that's how we have to help people is financially just acknowledging the personhood of, of right. somebody I remember uh, illustration years ago Leo Tolstoy was walking in the village he came across this guy who was a beggar and um, you know uh, Tolstoy said to him, "Brother, I I don't have much to give you." And uh, the guy turned around and said, "You know, sir, you gave me a lot. You called me brother." Yeah. <laughs> you know, so again, just being willing to treat each other, well, I guess, the way we'd like to be treated. Right. You know, the, known as the golden rule. And, and so. The problem with the social justice for is oftentimes it's not fighting for people's justice. We want that, but it's only half the story. And so we want to help, as, as with the Good Samaritan, it's not just a one-time thing, mm -hmm. but it's something that continues on, and we want to um, care for the whole person. So right. I, I don't want to just throw money at a problem and walk away or invest my life into it. The other thing, too, is to we need to avoid... Having a, an agenda that I'm going to help this person and then I'll continue to help them if they become a Christian. Right, I right. And that's that's a dangerous trap to fall into, and because then that's just going back to that conversion mentality we were. Yeah, it's just about. another notch on the belt, so to speak. Right. Another, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that that just flies in the face of uh, what Christ wants us. And don't be wrong. I, I want you. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Rockford the Church, I was there. We had a homeless ministry. We had a homeless breakfast every morning. And we gave people the gospel. They came in. We oh, yeah. made sure to give them the gospel. We wanted to do that. But, but it wasn't like, okay, you're not a Christian yet? Mm -hmm. Well, there's the door. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to help anybody. Anybody of any race, of any sexual identity, any gender identity, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you're welcome in these doors. And uh, now we want to give you the truth. And we want to help you because we want to help the whole part of you. Um, but nonetheless, we're going to help you either way. All right. And I think that's that. I think that is what what Jesus would have us to do. Mm -hmm. So I I think the problem becomes, Ray, and I know you know this firsthand as I do. The problem becomes when we 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 throw politics into the equation. Oh, <laughs> I I'm so sick of the political thing. I mean, with the coronavirus stuff going on, I mean. Gratefully, the churches have been stepping up and doing awesome things yeah. in Janesville, anyway, and um, you know working together with other like the neighborhood action team in the Fourth Ward. Once a month, they're doing uh, food distributions and stuff, and they um, they partnered with like Faith Community, and I think like 
even today, new life is going to be there at the Fourth Ward Park. Mm. In fact, they're already they're there now as we speak. I th yeah, I think it started around ten, but they're going to be delivering. They've got mailboxes that they give out, and I mean, it just to mobilize people for action in a positive way. Yeah. And that's where the social justice warrior thing becomes a problem because it's mobilizing for action, but it's more than likely not a positive thing. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the, the, the popular trope, and, and Myers gets into this, where basically he conflates social justice with Marxism. And I, I'm not a Marxist, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm a staunch capitalist. Though I've been equated with Karl Marx recently. Yes, you were by, by Dave Swanson, who <laughs> uh, we should have had on this program. Well, we'll have to. We'll, we're going to have to get up and see him. And I'm going to be up in Rochester in a couple weeks. Rochester. Well, maybe I can stop by. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I, the problem with or drive by as yeah. Um, the problem with Marxism is Marxism, uh, for the most part, is just about throwing money. It's, it's the redistribution of wealth. Right. I'm not for higher taxes. I'm not for taking from the rich to give to the poor. Um, where, where I would disagree with, with that political philosophy is, I don't believe it's the government's job to jump into some of these things. I believe it's my job. Yeah. Now, I'm not against government action. And, sometimes, and, I, and I think, unfortunately, because uh, people like me aren't doing what they should be doing, the government needs to step in from time to time. So I'm not against social welfare per se, and I know that's upset many people or many listeners right there. But um, the, my main focus is what can I do? Mm -hmm. Not you know let's let's take from the Donald Trumps of the world to the Bill Gates of the world and make sure. But what am I doing? How how open is my door? And how how free is my wallet? Mm -hmm. And and what am I personally doing? That's one of the things I loved about you know being in Rockford with the churches. You know I was able to be there in the morning. Mm -hmm. and, and, and and not just throw money at somebody, but shake their hand, look them in the eye, right. and, and, and give them food that will help them throughout the day and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we can still do that today. Um, and I think the, the the scourge upon the conservative evangelical is that they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. It's easy to just, like James 3, be warm and be filled mm -hmm. um, and ignore the problem that literally, you know, when we got involved in the foster care system, I didn't realize the problems that were even in my neighborhood mm -hmm. that I was just unaware of because, you know, I don't talk to my neighbor very much. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize some of these things were going on just blocks away from me. Yeah. Um, and we, we have our eyes shut to a lot of that. And it's easy to dismiss everybody as a crack addict, whatever, so they get what's coming to them. Huh. Well, biblically, if I got what's coming to me, yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be alive today. Well, eternally, right? <laughs> that's that's the, the thing. There is again it, 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 the uh, the starting place for my thinking on justice or social justice is the heart of God. Right? Is the uh, the fact that God created everyone in His image. We're all, we all, even the worst person that you can think of was made in the image of God. Yep. And that driven, allowed sin or allowed his or her choices to drive them away from God. 
Um, but that's not God's desire. God's right. desires that all come to him. And this, you know, the greatest tool that the church can have, I think, is helping people in need. Yeah. All right. Well, of course, recommended resources. We are recommending the book, Unquestioned Answers. Although, again, I have a little, some, some disagreements with this chapter, but I think overall it's still a great book. And I even, I even like a lot of the things he brought out in this chapter. Um, but I do want to recommend the book that he kind of discourages here. Um, and that's Generous Justice by Tim Keller. I have read the book. I do like the book. Um, and so I'd urge you to get that book as well. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. So check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And you can find our blog there. We have uh, all the links that we just mentioned here. I'll, I'll link that YouTube video as well. Also, you can hear, you can not hear, but you can uh, read Ray's writings on Revelation as we continue that series on the blog. Check us out on, on uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. So, until next week, have a great rest of your week.